In the following episode, references to the great Max Steiner are misattributed to the, well, equally great Fred Steiner, two American composers from different eras of time. My apologies to both. We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we're looking at the Doctor Who episode, Demons of the Punjab. Yes! As a grandmother, Umbreen, who emigrated from Pakistan to the UK decades ago. Now, Yaz wants to know more about her, so she convinces the doctor, somewhat reluctantly, to go visit her in her youth. They find themselves in a rural area in 1947, where they meet the young Umbreen on the day before her wedding to a Hindu named Prem. None of this is right. Yaz knows that her grandmother lived in the city and was married to a Muslim man. She must get to the bottom of this mystery. The doctor remains reluctant until she encounters aliens who seem to be killing people, starting with a Hindu holy man who was going to perform the marriage ceremony. The aliens are Thijarians, a well-known race of assassins, and the doctor has only heard of them. It seems that they are here to kill someone. Meanwhile, history is unfolding. This is also the day that Lord Mountbatten announced the partitioning of India into two countries, India for the Hindus and Pakistan for the Muslims. Start of a turbulent time in the subcontinent's history that led to millions of deaths and much suffering as religious differences boiled over. Even Prem's brother is staunchly against the wedding between a Hindu and a Muslim. The doctor gets to the bottom of the Thajarian mystery, and now they must let history unfold okay so did you enjoy the episode um which one because i saw two different episodes here and neither one of them fully fleshed out the way they should have been okay good i have i have some questions about that what which do you consider the two stories well one story is obviously about the partition Mm mm-hmm and uh, I, I saw a great, uh, a great story issue regarding uh, the hatred that was born out of it. I mean, that would have been purely historical. And then there's this other thing that involves these, these aliens, mm-hmm. which okay. uh, are, they're just, I mean, even they admit that they're witnesses. And, and all they're doing is they're just there. It, it's almost as if the writer used them as some strange plot, not even a plot device, more like a plot filler. <laughs> okay. Okay. And that could have made for a very interesting episode too, considering you know the uh, the philosophy of these of these aliens. You know, they all of a sudden their their home world is now destroyed. So now they realize, okay, you know, maybe what we're doing is wrong. Maybe we maybe we need to witness for these people who die alone, instead of trying to mash these two very very separate ideas into one episode. Okay, so let me let me compare and contrast this to Rosa because here we have two historical stories, and same thing. <clears throat> well, think about it. It's pretty much a pre- straight historical story that has just the tadiest little bit of science fiction thrown in there to make it quote unquote Doctor Who. 
And this one, even less so than the. I mean, this is this is a straight up historical story. They didn't need those aliens there. No, they didn't at all, except for one little tiny thing. If the aliens hadn't been there to remind the doctor not to interfere, would the doctor have interfered? Because it would have erased Yaz. Or, you see what I mean? It, it seems like it's a way to engage the people who think Doctor Who has to be a science fiction program. Because it, nothing really happens, right? They're just there to witness. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, they're just there to witness people who die alone. And only one of the three examples were people who died alone, right? We saw Prem's brother in the war in flashback. Didn't. We saw the Hindu, uh, the holy man. Yes. And, well, not really, because somebody murdered him. So presumably the murderer was there, so he didn't die alone, and Prem was murdered, and he didn't die alone. So actually, none of them died alone. Right. <clears throat> Minor quibble, but, you know, it, 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 they get a lot of work to do. If there's just the two of them out there, there's That's a, a lot, lot of people in yeah, time and space who died. Yeah, all universe that are oh, wait, dying all of alone. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the idea is... is yeah, ludicrous. Let's use ludicrous in this. Well, the idea instance. that they're going to be the only ones who are doing it is ludicrous. I still found the concept of their philosophy having changed because they, you know, they've seen what their own history, their own practice has done to their world, and now they decided to, you know, take this this new path. And again, I'm not saying just stick with these two. I mean, this that story element alone could have been developed into something far more. Uh, fulfilling that could have filled out um, or, or been the heart of a particular story and it wouldn't have just involved those two aliens it could have involved a whole community of them that are the last survivors of this world and they've decided to take it upon themselves to try to do this I mean there's there's so many avenues that could have gone down and they chose not to right at, right. Least, at least the writer chose not to go down that go down that road I saw this as being a very interesting concept I I yeah, and, and of course, the the aliens, while they were out killing, their world got destroyed, unwitnessed. That's that's there. So mm-hmm. now they've decided to go out and witness the deaths of others. Now, I, poetic, I suppose? In a way. Practical? Absolutely useless. Well, it is It is absolutely <laughs> u- Well, if you're talking about That's what you're going to do after your planet gets destroyed is that you decide, I'm just going to go out and watch other people die. I, I, I kind of... I kind of am not on board with that mission i mean i get the idea that makes oh that sounds kind of nice but giving it a few seconds thought and suddenly it's like wow you guys could go help people or something but instead well that's what i said i mean this was a this is something they could have uh that that could have used a lot of better development instead of just giving us what they had i mean there was a lot of possibility here that never had a chance to be explored and we'll never see them again i don't think and and we're never going to see them again so i that's why I, I feel like we were we had one story and maybe half a story or a quarter of a story, and these two should not have been sitting side by side. They should not have been yeah. combined into one whole yeah. episode. I, I think this is just this is just literally a way to make it call it science fiction. And I and I wish they hadn't done that. Now I now wish they hadn't done that. I, I in fact I think a straight historical at, would be would be fine. I think it would be perfectly fine. I mean, it was done in classic Who. Especially during the Hartnell era, but do do we not have the problem? I mean, and again, I'm like I'm fine. I take it. I think they should have done it as a historical story, and I think they could have. There was a lot they could have done with it. Could, they could absolutely do it, but there is a certain amount of if you're doing history, you don't get to have any victories, really. 
because either the victory happened or the victory didn't happen and the doctor is there so you're really more of a you're really more of a witness to history instead of uh, a participant and so a lot of the historical stories in classic doctor who the the problem was about getting out of the locked room right yeah. it's, we've got to get out of here so we can get back to the tardis before robespierre kills us all or we have to get out of here and get out of the locked cave before the cavemen kill us all or we have to get you know there there is that and um i i, I think that might present a challenge it might present a challenge to the writers, but at the same time, it might present a challenge to the to the story makers who don't necessarily want to take Doctor Who down that. And I think it's a shame. Um, turning to the other story, then, and this is there was something I found very interesting um, in the story about India and Pakistan, and I intentionally, as you may recall, at Rosa after watching the episode, I intentionally went out and I researched it because I really wanted to know how accurate it was mm -hmm. and part of that had to do with the fact that i would the incredulity that that you know we're supposed to believe that yaz and and graham and whatnot know so much about rosa parks right um but we were given that story i mean we exposition dump after exposition dump this is what's going to happen here's where she's got to work this is what happens in the thing you know i mean they, they are they are conveying history to you so if you were watching this as a kid and you didn't know anything about rosa you would learn something about rosa if you were watching this story and you didn't know anything about the partition of india and pakistan you would still know nothing about the history of india and pakistan after coming off of this episode and and I intentionally didn't go research that so that we could talk about this in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Because what I know about the partitioning of India and Pakistan and the problems that India and Pakistan have come down to cricket for the most part. It's quite the rivalry between the two. Uh, occasionally people in Pakistan shoot up cricket squads and that causes them to have problems. Um, of course, we know that there are, there's sectarian violence between the two groups to this very day. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but there was a hotel slaughter by a Pakistan militant group in, in India. Um, I mean, it, it's still happening to this day. And they really don't get into those issues here. It, it, it feels like, you know, we had to tell you all about Rosa because you don't really know about Rosa, but we're going to pretend like you know about Rosa. But this one, it feels like you already know all about this stuff because this is, this is the British history that we drill into your heads at public school. And so we don't need to go into that for the audience. And I felt I didn't really come off of this without a sense of the history. It just came off as, well, it seems like a dumb thing to do. I wonder why they did it. Huh. Well, no, we, that's true. We didn't get much of that. Um, and, that and, and I'm glad you said that because I was looking uh, on Facebook uh, you think it was, it was either last night or earlier today. I think it was last night. And I saw... Uh, there was, uh, I, I guess, uh, a documentary, or maybe not a documentary, but just a little featurette that talked about why the writer chose to tell the story about the partition. And I didn't look at it, I didn't read it, because, well, A, I didn't have time, uh, and B, I came away with something entirely different. And that was the concept of hate. Okay. And that's that's what really resonated with me. How for what because of religious cultural reasons, you're you know you're you know you're you're Muslim. I'm Hindu. Therefore, I hate you. Yep, I think and that's really what it is. Yeah, and 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 
And it's a very unusual thing because right before Prem dies, he looks at the one man on the horse with a rifle pointed right at him and says, you and I fought in Siam together. We made a good team. Mm-hmm. So somebody at some point decided that you two people cannot get along or so- somewhere there- there's now a cultural divide. That says, because you are this, because you are not like me, I now must hate you. And it's that kind of exclusivity thought that really um, pushed a button in me, you know, because we're seeing that kind of being mirrored today in our own culture and in other parts of the world. So I thought this really looked like a a really good, uh, uh, not I guess a fable, to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it to shine a mirror in in our own faces as to how uh, how humanity can really be like that. You know, we're friends one day and enemies the next. I yeah, um, tribalism is a is a terrible thing. I once I'm a I may feign ignorance on the topic and and I certainly am no expert on it by any stretch of the imagination. So, uh, listeners, absolutely. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, and and anything I saw on this was many years ago, and very abstract because it it has no direct bearing on on me, right? If I understand it correctly, uh, you know, India, quote unquote, what we think of India, actually, what we don't think of India, India and Pakistan was all India under the British Empire. And it really was not one country. It was a ton of little provinces or, or uh, gosh, I can't think of the word now, but controlled by Rajas and whatnot. Um, and the English unified it, but they unified a group of people who didn't want to be unified under, under the, the yoke of colonialism and called it India. And it had Muslims and it had Hindus and it had one other group whose name is eluding me at the moment. A Sikh? The I think maybe, it's Sikh. Maybe, maybe because it's I, Sikh. I I thought I heard uh, they, I heard them throw that name out. I thought Sikhs were a variant of Hindus, but okay. That either way, see, sure, Catholics and Protestants are variants of Christians, and they don't get along. So that's yeah, that's perfectly perfectly logical to assume that that's true. Um, uh, and when it came time for the independence of India, uh, Lord Mountbatten was in the last uh, was the last. Uh, it's not a governor. I can't remember. Vice Roy. Viceroy, I believe, um, they had, go figure, you're going to give them independence and all of the different groups are clamoring to be in power. In fact, I think we have this problem in Iraq, right? Sunnis and the Shiites, one, one yep. group's in power and the other group is not. There are th- actually and so three they're disenfranchised. Groups, but, but, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, th- there, are, there are three different groups there. But yes, it's the same, it's the same situation. And the concern was that, you know, they couldn't create a government and leave these people in charge without there being serious, either a non-functional government because they couldn't operate together, or that one would take control because there were majorities and minority groups, and that they would utterly be right bastards to the, the minority groups because, of course, they would. And so the the plan was to well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to draw a line, and we're going to force all the Muslims to move on one side of the line, and we're going to m- force all the, the the Hindus to move to the other side of the line. didn't matter where they lived, whether that was a historical land or whatever. They just picked this line and and did this. And I, I assume that it was probably the majority Muslims in one area, but 
you know, there are areas, and I think Punjab is one of them, even to this day, that is problematic because it's on the border and they, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of resentment and hostility. And of course, there's a lot of people that were pissed off because they got moved one way or the other and they feel they ought to be able to get the other back. And, you know, it, it, it sounds like a really, really, really stupid plan. Um, I mean, maybe dumping them to their own devices wasn't necessarily a good plan either and just say, here, you work it out. But this didn't, this obviously hasn't worked because India and Pakistan have been, if not at war, have certainly been very unfriendly since that day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a, I'm sure that it's a far more fascinating topic than, than I have just conveyed it's certainly more complicated. It's certainly got, you know, more tapestry to it, if you will. Um, tragedy, death, all, the all of that, and we don't get that here in this Doctor Who story. No, no, they're they're they've completely we get a bubblegum version of it. Well, they're boiling it down to this one particular family, and one of the, I and I'm I'm not saying that this is right or wrong. I'm simply postulating the idea that maybe the writer thought that by doing it this way you're actually sort of putting a face on it especially if this family is you know if 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 uh if if, uh they're related to yaz Mm -hmm. so you're making this more personal maybe that's a more effective way to tell your tale about the evils of hate i mean does it really uh, make the case for how widespread it is? No, of course not. But sometimes maybe you need to, as I said, put a face on it and just really boil it down to something more personal in order to get your message across. Well, I, I think they're definitely they're a, a metaphor for the bigger the bigger issue. I mean, here are two groups of people who have basically lived side by side for decades, and now in this case, there are those who are you know, willing to live and work together. And there are those who are not willing to live and work together as Mm -hmm. witnessed by the brother. And then someone comes along and imposes uh, a a geopolitical solution on them that the, the separatists are going to leap on the, the, the divisionists are going to leap on and say, this is, this is now a, this is in law. Now we're going to do the thing. We're going to split these poor people apart. Uh, who the the people who wanted to be together um, cannot because of because of legality issues, <clears throat> if you will. It's 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 not that. I mean that that there's some fascinating things about that story, and I have questions. You know, did it really happen? I'm not, I mean, yeah, not this I'm story not... didn't happen, but I mean, did the, the, were the you know were the attitudes of the people such that there were some people who wanted to do would have gotten married across lines like that? I have no idea because I I, I don't have a good feel for that uh, for that period of time that period of history. Uh, all I know is that the Hindus and the Muslims hate each other and have done so forever because that's the broad stroke of history that we see now. I'm wondering if maybe the writer who is. I, if, if this if there isn't some element of truth to the story from her particular point of view i don't know maybe don't know. she has a grandmother or a grandfather that married across these kinds or of couldn't. boundaries you know um i, I <clears throat> it would be interesting to know that and i think obviously we we've had 
and this is not a bad thing. I mean, we can definitely talk about this in 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 respect to Rosa. I, I think I pointed out that it really felt like here's somebody who is a big fan. That this is a particular thing that they're fascinated with and interested with, and that was Doctor Who's first writer of of color. And here we have uh, the same thing, basically. Um, and we're getting to see different stories. And that's the whole point of diversifying your writer base is that you write what you know, you write what you're passionate about. And, and so they have, we are getting to see different facets of the human experience. Mm-hmm. All good. Absolutely. That's a good thing. My complaint is that the, the, the structure and the depth of this story does not seem to be teaching you anything that you wouldn't Right, it leaves you asking questions about it, as opposed to uh, conveying something more about the history that was going on at that time. I I literally walked away from that going, if I didn't know the little amount that I did about this history, I would be completely like WTF here. What what was going on in that situation? Well, again, I'm I saw something that. <sighs> It was more about the hate. Now, granted, that hate does, is is born out of the situation that is taking place there, as as happened in the in the uh, country's history. Um, I was just looking at two people, brothers, who now hate each other, or at least one hates the other intensely because of this. Whether this makes sense or not was not the point, because I can look at the world today and see a lot of that kind of hatred that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Oh, I cannot wrap my brain around it, and yet it is there. Oh, absolutely. So, so I just saw this as, here. okay, people, this is what happened. Th- that kind of hate, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to matter what it is that caused it what you need to know is that something happened and now these brothers hate each other hear people look in a mirror and look at yourself yeah i I, yeah i don't i it doesn't it doesn't diminish the it doesn't diminish the 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 human impact of it from the standpoint i mean the the classic brothers standing against each other is for american history is of course the civil war oh yeah it's geopolitical it's a, a it's a civil war that's what pakistan and india separation in a way was um two sides of one country becoming two it just it happened in a different way Mm -hmm. uh from from vastly different thing uh i i just you know you didn't you don't need to set this story in pakistan india 1947 to tell any a story of hate to just tell a story of people being broken up. That was that is true. I guess that's that's my point is that when you give me that tapestry now I'd like I want to know more. It doesn't need to be the partition. And yet, and this is to substantiate your your case that you're trying to make here, the writer was trying to tell people about the partition. I know very little now. I mean I still I mean I know just a smidge more than I did before I started watching it. And that's not enough for me to say, oh, I've actually learned something here about this moment in history. Instead, I'm taking away about what the partition did to the people and how, you know, now we've got these people who who despise each other. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. my takeaway. But if you're actually trying to uh, illuminate me or enlighten me about the history of the partition itself, purely from uh, an historical standpoint, well, and then it's it's a failure. And, and I guess I'm trying to, in a way, I'm kind of trying to put the old Doctor Who mold 
because we've been talking a little bit about that, how some episodes seem to launch into this sort of sciency thing, and then some episodes have gone to the historical aspect, much like the old one. Here's one where I didn't get a whole lot out of the historical aspect of it. It's no, the I backdrop didn't. that's needed, and... No, I did. I got very little out of the history. I um, felt like they thought I was supposed to know it all. Yeah. And maybe uh, that's because as a British audience, they would, just like you and I would know oh, enough about the point. Civil War, right? That's if, if it were the Civil War, we go, you're right. North, South, industrialization, slavery, blah, blah, blah. Got it. No problem. Don't need to go on there. But but we don't have that uh, right. for India, Pakistan. You, know, you make a good point there. I hadn't considered that. Um, maybe because, yeah, this was... It, it, it was i'd hate to say that this was for a british audience but maybe maybe that was the case here that's british you know it, in a way i think they they still have that remit uh just like giving them the sheffield accents but uh very so here, possible here's another question uh again rosa historical uh this one historical both written by uh you know this this wider staple of diverse writers is it coincidence is it is it that both of these are basically about prejudice and hatred. Is is do do white writers not go there as often because that's not the experience that they get throughout their lives because we lead that privileged lives and this is such a a, a much more of an integral topic to day to day life that it might be it's like what am I gonna what am I passionate about? Well, I'm gonna passionate about how stupid prejudice and and hatred are Hmm. i mean we have a data point of two at the moment and so i just but in both cases that's kind of what we've what we've come down to and and important stories to be told so i mean again i'm not oh yeah (laughs) absolutely it's just it's just uh you know we are being given something that is new for doctor who um in, in fact i mean let's face it the fact that the doctor is a woman it's new, but they're they're they've completely ignored it. Um, what's the the real differences that we're getting are these different writers. Th- this is this is the frontier that Doctor Who is pushing in this series more so than anything else. Is is that we've got this you know new crop of writers that are bringing different voices to the mm-hmm. story. That's that's the real revolution in Doctor Who that we're having right now. And and I think in a way it might be I say confusing us a little bit but I mean this is this is the curveball that we're not necessarily expecting uh from our same old same old Doctor Who uh and so well maybe I mean for us uh because we are just old enough to be able uh, to appreciate I mean I, I obviously I wasn't watching the Hartnell episodes when they first aired but you know I have the I have the uh, the, the good fortune uh, being able to catch you know, catch them when uh, they finally got some kind of distribution, and then they're they're being made available um, for for home entertainment. So I've been able to watch some of those historical episodes and appreciate Doctor Who purely for what it was back then. And now with the 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 main audience that watches it today, I am going to go on a, go out on a limb and pose the idea that a lot of them. Their introduction to Doctor Who has been since it has come back. Oh, absolutely. So for them to watch this now is probably throwing them. You called it a curveball. I agree. I think they're kind of like thinking, what the heck am I watching now? This is not the Doctor Who that I had been saying. Let's, for UK audiences, let's go with a googly. 
instead of a <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I, in a way, even whereas I'm not exactly not exactly thrilled with the story that we've been getting, and, and I'm not exactly thrilled with the, the dramatic narrative as we go through the agency of the Doctor, the, 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 the resolution to the problem that didn't really exist in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in Rosa, at least, there was a problem. There was the space Nazi, and he right. was actually he, causing problems. He was, Here he was we, messing we with history. We thought there was a problem, and it turned out there wasn't. It wasn't. So there wasn't even that for the Doctor. It was just, it was something to keep her busy right. and interested long enough to stick around and let Yaz see this story play out. And right. And I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I, I, I don't think that I like the Doctor being a passive viewer of the past in quite that way. Um, I'm not a fan of it either. You know, again, in, in, in the Hartnell years, right? You get out of the TARDIS and you're the you're captured by the French Revolutionary Forces, and you spend the next twenty seven episodes. Okay, so I am picking on the Reign of Terror, which I feel like was a twenty seven part story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you spend all your time trying to get out of prisons, trying to get people out of prisons, trying to stop people from getting their heads chopped off, so that you can all get together and escape and get back to the TARDIS and get in and get the hell out of there. Right, but right. here that doesn't happen. The doctor arrives. Says, "Here, go take a look at go take a look at your grandmother. Say hi, and then let's uh, let's let's book We're leaving. Oh, aliens, aliens. I better uh, now check I gotta this stay. out. I gotta stay. Right, you have to have a reason to keep them there. Um, and and it was I, all I, all under, all a misunderstanding. Not as not as uh, keen on on that idea. No, I'm not either. I don't like that um, in any form." I don't like it when the doctor, become, as you said, you, you had the right word when you said the doctor is, becomes this passive player in the story. I don't care for that. Nothing drives me, more than, uh, drives me more crazy than watching a Doctor Who episode where the doctor is completely and utterly ineffectual. I hate those kinds of stories. And we were kind of getting that here. I mean, I don't know if ineffectual is the appropriate term for this particular situation, but... She there effectively was nothing, did things. Nothing came of them. But not well. Well, yeah. But okay. So I guess that's ineffectual. Uh, the, the there was absolutely nothing for the doctor to fix. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. And they couldn't. No. Um, the only thing that happened is Yes had a better understanding about her grandmother now, and this this uh, man that she married that she knew nothing about. Okay, so great. Now Yaz has got something on her grandmother, you know, and and so what does that leave us? Okay, she lo- mm. she seems to appreciate what her grandmother had to go through even more so than before. Okay, that's all great, nice and feely touchy, but that's not this show. Well, what if uh, what if it hadn't been Yaz's grandmother? What if what if they'd plunked down in in uh, you know, 5 miles from here and another point along the border? or the future border, and they had encountered this same situation, the doctor would have been... Would the doctor have saved Prem? Because she couldn't save Prem, because if she did save Prem, Yaz would have been winked out of existence. So Mm -hmm. she is doing this not because of a fixed point in time, or not because of the laws of time, or any of that stuff. She's doing it because her friend would cease to exist in some some bizarre fashion. that, That is true... I think, however, they did touch on very briefly 
the whole fixed point in time thing. It, it, it was addressed very, very briefly, just as a reminder uh, how that applies here in terms of, well, obviously it does apply, but in terms of the doctor's approach, I think the doctor simply was trying to use that as a means to place uh, a sense of importance on Yaz to make her realize this is why you can't get involved. I mean, because it's it's one thing to say, you know, it's a fixed point in time. You can't screw with it. You know, and we saw that happen in the Aztecs. We saw it happen in Rosa. We saw it happen in Rosa, but we... But I, I'm going to pick on. I'm going to use the Aztecs because yeah. I thought that was a really excellent use. Uh, even though uh, the doctor didn't refer to fixed points in time, he was essentially saying the same thing that you know, uh, you, you can't change history. Believe me, no child, I have tried. You know, as as he's telling Barbara, mm-hmm. uh, you, you can't do it. Here, here we are now. We're in 1947, India, and this. Yes, it is another fixed point in time. It can't be tampered with. But how is she going to drive that point home to Yaz? By simply saying, you know, don't tell her. Because now it's her family. With Rosa, it was, okay, yeah, this is a really ugly case of history. But it's history. You know, we we can't do anything about it. Now we're talking Yaz's family. Hmm. So that is now more personal motivation for Yaz to want to interfere. Because now she's got something personal. Mm-hmm. Out of this, where with Rosa, it wasn't really, I mean, it was only as personal as the fact that she knew, you know, she had met Rosa Parks and realized that she was going through these, you know, this horrible yeah. uh, race hatred. Now it's her grandmother. Now it means something, something far more personal, which could cause her to behave far more irrationally. So what does the doctor do? She's got to hit her right in the gut and say, you screw with time, you could erase yourself out of existence. Right. I don't think it was a question of it's not a fixed point. I think she was simply trying to drive that point home to yes, because that's the only way she could drive it home. I, yeah, I, I mean, we are we are talking about a situation. How how would you deal with it? I mean, if it were you, they already she already had to with Rosa say no. We have to sit here and we have to witness this happen, but we can't change it. Right? Now there was okay, nothing now, about fixed point in time. This is the second episode where they've had to stand back. Right. And watch history be ugly in front of them. Right. Um, which is which is generally kind of new uh, for, for it, Doctor Well, Who. yeah. I mean, it, this, this level to the point where it is um, almost like this visceral. Yeah, it is kind of new. I mean, we've had hints of it in the earliest part of the series— you know, going back to Aztecs, like I said, when they when Barbara was all flipped out over the whole idea of human sacrifices. So yeah, now now it's really ugly, and that is that, that's an interesting approach. But you're right. I mean, we've had two episodes now. You know, put throw the one little science fictiony kind of adventure in between the two or three. However, I, I got I, I've mm-hmm. lost count. Um, but you know, kind of intersperse them. But now, hey, second one of the year is like, okay, is this, are, are we developing a pattern here? That we have to sit back and watch history. Watch and, history, be, watch the ugly side of history. And so we have to once again ask ourselves the questions. Why doesn't the doctor have to do this when they land in the 27th century? This is what happens in the 27th century. This army does, in fact, invade this planet and wipe them all out. That's what happens. Mm -hmm. And it's ugly. And we have to watch it. And, oh, 
Oh, it just, it's such a can of worms when you it start is. talking about time travel stories. It, it, it's such a can of worms. Yeah. Um, okay, turning aside from that, was giving the broken watch from Yaz's grandmother to Yaz, did that mean that Umbrine was pregnant on their wedding night? Hmm. That she went on and married a Muslim man who... Oh, this was a shotgun wedding? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I, she got pregnant that night. So they got married. She got pregnant. Ah. Her husband gets killed the next day. She, They run off. And now she finds out she's a woman in trouble. And she, she finds someone who, for whatever reasons, and it happens all the time, um, you know, comes, steps in to the job and says, you know, I'll marry you. Fine. You know, that, that it's a little more practical, perhaps, in those, in those ages. And that... And, and that's why she would take that watch, which is obviously deeply personal to her about her first husband, not her second husband. Why would she pass it on to one of the children of the second husband hmm. or the hmm. grandchildren of the second husband? I, I, I felt like we needed to go somewhere with that because that doesn't quite. I mean, yes, it's treasured to her, but would she, <laughs> would, you know, or would you just die with that and not, not pa- pass that on to someone who is not of the bloodline, as it were? Uh, I don't know. I, I, that, I, I never even uh, gave that any thought. Um, now, I don't know if you've seen. There's uh, been going on online and in the radio times and whatnot, that there, that there are some uh, backlash isn't the right word, but there's some rumblings going on about the fact that the villains seem to be getting away in this season's Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or just wandering off. Uh, and I'm wondering, you know, at times, there really aren't even villains. Not is, really. Is, is the Donald Trump clone guy really a villain? I mean, yes, his company did some cruddy stuff. So, I mean, he is definitely culpable but in the but he's not vengeance is mine kind of retribution, he doesn't get anything. No, the 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 pating just you know gets chucked into space. Um, yeah. Let's see what else did we have? Ghost Monument didn't even have a villain. I mean, that's the other thing. There really was no villain in Ghost Monument. No. The guy running the race wasn't a villain. He was just running a race. Yeah. Um, he's a bit of a Saranda bit of a conundrum. Twit, but Ting but isn't not a villain. villain. No, yeah. but Ting is just a thing. It's just an animal that wants to eat. Active, uh, an active nature, if you will. Yeah. And so in Rosa, well, sure, there's the Nazi bad guy who may or may not be dead. I vote for dead, but I hope I hope he's dead. Um, not that I wish anybody to be dead, but I mean, in terms of the character, I, know what you're saying. I don't want to see him back again. Uh, right. And then here we have uh, the villains basically walk away at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if villains is the 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 word, I suspect many of them got killed along the uh, along the way. Uh, it just it it is a it's definitely a different vibe to to how these stories resolve out mm-hmm. in the end. Uh, and and this one is no different in that it's just sort of you know I'm thinking the adventures with the uh, what was it the masked turtle bandits or something. Um, that sounds like it had a better ending. <laughs> What was it? I don't remember what they were. Something. I, didn't I even yeah. I, I yeah. I only saw the episode once, so I don't remember what it is that the doctor was referring Nick, to. Nick Briggs and and Jason Hay Gallery over at Big Finish are just sitting there going, "Thank you, Chibnall. You're leaving us so many You're episodes. Us, yeah, we got lots of breadcrumbs to go with. <laughs> we got stuff now. We're 
<laughs> we're golden. None of this Peter Davison era where we can't cram a companion in edgeways, and somehow they still do. But but anyway, uh, so here is the one thing about this story, and I, I'll, I'll put this to you to think about. This is my final thought on this story. I'll put this to you to think about in terms of your own life, and and I know you don't have kids, um, right? But and I do, and this this may make a difference. But you got parents. Or had mm-hmm. parents, or you know, grandparents, and etc. As 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 do we all. <clears throat> I find the notion that the history that grandma weaved for her daughter and her grandkids is a fiction. I find that notion fascinating because, you know, my dad, is, who has passed on, has over the years given me things that he did people that he knew, places that he's been, photographs that he's shown me and said, this is what's going on here or what's going on there. And I can try to draw a picture from that. But when was he lying? Was he lying? Mm. I've, I've, there are things that I probably would omit, maybe not, maybe not outright lie about, but certainly when I talk with my kids, there are things I have done that don't warrant a mention. It's not an outright lie. It's just one of those things about, you know, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't lead to the story of how you got here, per se. And right. so and it's not written down anywhere. It only exists in my mind and the minds of other people who may have witnessed it in as in as in this story. That that is such a disturbing concept to me. And and it it's so completely plausible. It's just absolutely completely plausible that you don't know, you know, you don't know your grandmother. When I get back to my grandmother and my grandfather, wow, you're really, you know, you're really plumbing the depths of not only it's just the history that maybe they told you when they were alive. Exactly. They told your parents and your parents tell you. So it's not only, not only is it potentially a lie or a misdirect or, or an omission, but it's also a game of Chinese whispers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree completely. <laughs> and, and I, th- I th- it's a, interesting concept to explore and i i don't know how you could make a good story out of it i mean this did a pretty good job of it i do wonder if at some point the doctor will ever show up at yaz's house when her grandmother is there and grandma will go don't i know you you perform my wedding right i can see how she wouldn't recognize yaz right i mean 50 years later 70 years later whatever it is there was this one day she met this pakistani girl right and sure it looks like it looks like Yaz, <laughs> my granddaughter. And maybe that's why Yaz is her favorite, because she it's knew possible. this girl named Yaz back then, who was with the people who helped her at her wedding. Because obviously that event was very memorable <laughs> to oh, her. Yeah. So I, I would just think that when when the doctor walks through the door in those clothes with her blonde hair, and I'm the doctor, and you're like, you are the doctor. <laughs> it's like, you are the extraordinarily weird woman that showed up at my wedding in 1947, and you have an age today. I can totally see that one being a recognition. I'd moment. like to see that happen. I kind of would, too. <laughs> I'm far more interested in seeing that meeting than I am ever seeing the doctor and the gang meet up with Yaz's parents again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the, yeah, I... Uh, Overall, like I said, I enjoyed it. I didn't, uh, I just kind of felt like I'm, I felt like I was given a moment to learn something and I wasn't, I wasn't taught it because it, because maybe I feel like a historical ought to be teaching me history. I don't know. 
But uh, but apart from that, you know, I think it was it was a, a an interesting human drama and a, a story worth telling, and and hopefully a story that people will learn some lessons from about religious sectarian violence, mm-hmm. which is just a bad thing. I agree on that. You got anything else on the episode, Ben? No, that's you know I pretty much said all I have to say on it. Oh 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 oh, sorry, I hated the end theme. Oh right. yeah yeah, note. I I knew you were gonna hate that. And I, and I don't dislike doing things like that because uh, on an episode of Psych, uh, they did a uh, a Bollywood episode and they totally did the Psych theme as a Bollywood uh, thing and that worked just fine. I just didn't particularly like this version of the Doctor Who theme. I did see, um, I, I should toss this out, I did see a little piece somewhere online interviewing the composer whose name eludes me completely. Uh, and And he was talking about what it is that he's trying to do. I guess he's more of a soundscapes kind of composer. Hmm. And during the interview with him, they're playing some of the stuff he's written. I'm like, yeah, I like it. I mean, it's not catchy in the I am the doctor kind of way, but, you know, as a sort of soundscapey kind of thing, you're like, yeah, that's, that's not, um, that's not bad. It's interesting, but still don't hear any of it in the episodes it's just Mm. it's it's so understated that when they come out with a soundtrack album at which i'll get because you have to because (laughs) i will uh i'll listen to this music and go never heard any of it i can agree with that never heard any of it except for like the bad end theme songs that you threw down yeah because i'm not hearing anything recognizable throughout the entire series so far yeah there was the space nazi i don't think we mentioned that Whenever the space Nazi came on, they went, and they made that horrible two-tone yeah, thing. But that's, just, that was it. Yeah, but there was nothing. Okay, so yeah, good on you that you remembered it. I sure as heck didn't. It was it was there every time he was on screen. It was like, okay, I, I, I get leitmotif, but really, <laughs> you know, you want to hear a sound of a good leitmotif, and if you listen to it, you'll it, the second you hear it, you'll know it. King Kong, Fred Steiner. It's like, um, you know, maybe I should I'd stick it in at the end of the podcast. You see, you hear it and instantly you go, King Kong, there's leitmotif that works. But, mm. but <laughs> like this, no. Funny, I and, think I, I think of Kaiju, you know, like Godzilla and Rodan, how they had their, their leitmotifs. They motifs. do, absolutely. Those, those are all uh, students of, of the, of the uh, there's another composer at the same time as Fred Steiner that really championed leitmotif in movies, and they're both big, and I cannot think of the other one's name. But basically, everyone since then has been <clears throat> kind of building across that type of work. Um, uh, yeah, Akira Ifakubi with his Godzilla work and, and Rodan and Godzilla themes and whatnot. That's it, absolutely, it's all out of that school of thought. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the rest of it is kind of these electronically synthesized soundscapes. And <clears throat> they're not... If they're adding to the story, I don't realize that they're adding to the story, to the tension, to the to the, the, the drama, anything. I'm not I'm not getting it. But um, but you know, listening to the guy talk, he he sounded perfectly reasonable. He's he's really <clears throat> he's really keen on it. He's been gone back to the Delia Derbyshire works and, and studied on her and and you know is incorporating that kind of stuff into the into the thing. He's like he, he really seems enthusiastic and on ball i just kind of wish perhaps we could hear a little bit more of his work except in those you know when they throw up a weird end end theme mm. well, anyway. all right 
in that case, I am um, I'm all done here. I'm pretty much done, too. All right. Well, Ben, thank you for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. Listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.